Hello, Changhat. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Tenzin. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm very, very delighted to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here too. Yes. How are you? I'm good. How have you been? Fantastic. Uh, did you ever know that you are the reason why I've dressed casually today? <laughs> I was actually wondering how I should dress up. And everybody at home no, was like, okay. both of y'all are going to look like sisters wearing your specs. And I was like, that's... <laughs> that's 100% true. Today, I really wanted to keep it cash. And I really wanted to, you know, my, my, a lot of my friends tell me, tends to behave like you are in your 20s. Why do you always, uh, you know, wear these blazers? And I said, this is my style. That makes me feel comfortable. This is who yeah. I usually am. You must have seen me that. And the way I talk to people, they're like, don't behave like you're 40 years old. Uh, you know, behave like you're young. So today, for Chahat Majin and for a lot of my friends who've been telling me that I am the grandmom, this is for you, okay? <laughs> this t-shirt, this loose end is for you. Um, fantastic. Now, uh, I think uh, today's conversation is all about loosening up, is all about opening up. It's all about being more vocal about your emotions because we're going to talk about not only Chahat's journey, uh, you know, from in, in talking about in terms of her career, but also about mental health. So being open, being open-hearted when it comes to talking and expressing ourselves is so, so pivotal, right, Chahat? Yeah, no, and um, I completely get what you said in terms of dressing and just because you spoke about that um, in terms of the way you dress really is also an expression of how you feel. Um, so whereas not everybody may appreciate that and feel that you are being a bit too mature for your age, um, I think it's great that you dress the way you want to because I truly believe uh, in the power of dressing and I really do feel like a good outfit can lift your mood, um, whether it's personally if you're going out with your friends or even if you're going to a meeting, you know, just putting on that blazer, it makes a world of a difference. Uh, so yeah, sure, I'm excited sure. to talk about all these things and, you know, talk about my journey um, as a professional and yeah. Absolutely. Now, um, success and happiness can mean very different for different people. In your lexicon, what is contentment? Because, uh, you know, we've been always fed the fodder uh, to our brain by our parents, by the society that when you have a good job, get married, be beautiful, sit a certain way, talk a certain way, behave a certain way. Um, and no matter what we say, this is still existing here in this universe. People are still abiding by these stereotypes. And there are a lot of stereotypes attached to women that we need to change. Um, now that you are a chartered accountant, how do you feel about this? Are you zen about this? Are you now content? Is this what you want from life? Um, is this what I want from life? When I decided to start uh, pursuing CA, of course, it was something I wanted in that moment. And I did want to pass the exam. And uh, everybody knows, you know, you have to study for like around three to five years. And you may not clear the exam, you may clear the exam, a lot of things are out of your control, you know, and as humans, we hate that we find it very difficult to deal with situations that are beyond our control. Um, so I definitely did want it then. Um, in terms of the work that I currently do, um, I'm a tax consultant in PricewaterhouseCoopers. So 
we advise Indian and foreign companies on their tax liabilities in India. And that's just really one aspect of what a CA does. I know there's a lot of misconception out there for people who don't know what the CA profession is all about. And, you know, they think it's just to do with maintaining books of accounts. Um, but yes, that is something that I did want. And now that I have it, I am happy with it. Um, whether this is something I want to do for the rest of my life, the answer to your question is no. <laughs> I am content okay. with my job. Uh, you know, when you tend to do things for a certain number of years, you do sort of get good at it and it becomes part of your routine and your habit. You know what to expect, you know what not to expect, you know how to go about doing it. Um, and at the same time, my work doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not someone who lives, breathes and, you know, speaks tax. Um, there are a lot of other things that I am passionate about, which I may want to pursue in the future. Um, having said that, what I do is something that constantly challenges me every day because, as I said, it doesn't come naturally to me. So in terms of my own growth, um, I feel that that is something which does support my growth because I do have to put myself out there in terms of you know sure. thinking sure. and how I want to go about doing things. Um, so, and having the CA degree is something that is a requisite for that. Um, in terms of success, and this is really interesting because I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day. So he's also my colleague at work and he's a dear friend. And I asked him, I'm like, do you think we're successful? You know, we do the same thing. And so would you say that we're successful? And when I asked him that, I was like, hey, wait a second. You know, when it comes to success, what I've always believed in is that, like you also just mentioned, it's relative and it's subjective. And it's important to, you know, sort of just take a step back and recognize um, in terms of success, that what is success according to you, you know? And my friend said the same thing. He gave me a very interesting example, which that you asked me this, I think I should share it. He was like, you know, for someone who's doing the same thing we are doing, which is working as a CA, um, they may think that, you know, we're just meeting the mark because we're doing the same thing and that's all well mm -hmm. and good. For somebody who's, you know, probably not, achieved that level of professional education that we have or who's probably younger or who is struggling that person may think we're extremely successful because they put themselves above they put us above them uh, and for somebody who's obviously earning more money and you know who studied more than we have and who is at a higher level in their professional life may think that we're underachievers you know and may think that they are successful and we're not and which is where I was like, you know, exactly like what is success really depends on what you believe success is. If you feel you should have gotten the promotion this year and you get the promotion this year, that is success according to me. If I'm someone, something as simple as baking a cake, you know, and I've always struggled, say, for example, to bake a cake. And when I finally do bake a cake, that is success in my book, you know, so I think it's important for us as individuals to recognize what we feel is a success in our life. Everybody has different goals and different aspirations and we shouldn't really, I mean, I should, I'm saying we shouldn't, but we all do that because we've all been conditioned to sort of compare our lives with the lives of our friends, to other people. Our siblings, other people. Our parents have always done that to us while we're growing up. Yes. Know? 
so and so got 100 out of 100 in you know the math exam you only got 70 and it's it's that's how we've been conditioned <laughs> that's how we've been brought yes. up um so we always have it in our minds to compare ourselves with the other person and success is no different you're always looking at someone who's above you who's achieved more not knowing what their personal qualities are not knowing the struggles they would have probably gone through not knowing their in their environment and ecosystem and which is why i feel that hey if, if i'm happy with what i'm doing with what i've achieved if i've achieved what i've wanted to achieve i am successful you know so that's my thought um and it's good for all of us to have healthy goals healthy aspirations and do something about it um i feel like this lockdown specially has at least encouraged me to take out time for self reflection and really you know reevaluate what i'm doing if i'm happy with it um and if i am then that's great you know success and happiness according to me do go hand in hand um if you hate what you're doing if you're not happy with your life there's no way you're going to see yourself as a successful person and really look at you know where i was this time last year and how i've progressed have i progressed in the last 365 days and if i have and if i'm happy with it that's success according to me you know so, yes 101% true uh and i think what you mentioned about you know uh comparison constant comparison um the first person to do that i think it's us ourselves yeah. when we scroll through social media oh my god look at that destination that this person has you know been to look at the food the restaurant i mean uh you know we we think that their life is all beautiful and we are so blase about what we have and we are so flippant and ignorant about it but we don't recognize uh to be gratitude to have gratitude in our lives which which is something we all need because as chahat mentioned uh from a very far view from a you know ego view you may feel like oh my god the life is beautiful from the other person's life but when you actually go close you see that they falter too they fail too they're miserable too so all of us have our own stress is there any person without stress on this earth out of the 7 billion planet people on this planet right uh so uh very accurately put chat now um i also know that you are a part of the udayan shalini foundation which works for uh young girls educating them specifically educating them on mental health now what do you think is the major issue that we need to be vocal about when it comes to a mental health what is the major concern that holds us back as whether it's uh you know as females or whether as just individuals what is that one thing that holds us back apart from the social taboo that we have i think it's acceptance um mm-hmm. in terms of people are always afraid to voice their opinions and their feelings about things and i think that's mainly because you don't know or you're unsure of how the recipient is going to accept your view and your thought and you're really afraid to put yourself out there because you don't know if you're going to be accepted um so whether it's mental health or if it's something you know we're going through physically or emotionally um it always starts and it's always helpful to talk about it um and then see where that takes you you know whether it's to a friend whether it's getting professional help i mean to each their own you know but that fear inside us that how will the other person perceive me 
how will the other person mm. react will i be accepted with you know this issue that i have or something that i'm dealing with i think that is what really holds everybody back in terms of sharing what they think sharing what they feel because nobody doesn't want to be accepted right and you spoke about social media and while social media has according to me been a huge platform for women in terms of what they want to do you have your host of influencers and bloggers who've taken up instagram like you know that's the next big thing it is the big thing now and while it's great that it's provided that platform to women it's also very misleading in terms of you know some of the messages that come through and we're always comparing like you said and you know we're comparing what people are showing Sorry. yeah to our current lives but we forget that yes. what everybody's showing us is just the good parts of their lives and the good parts which are edited and beautified and made to want <laughs> to want to watch it it's like a movie it's a fairy tale which they're showing you because they know that's what you want to see and we're always comparing that to our daily lives and even me for example i mean it's not that i post you know my hardships on instagram like if i'm having a bad day i'm not going to post a picture of me crying you know but if i've gone somewhere with my friends or if i'm on vacation i will post a picture mm-hmm. of that because everybody only wants to share their good moments good yeah, side exactly nobody, we have yeah nobody wants to I share think... the bad and the ugly uh, yes and that's really the gap and while you me and you know people our age people older may accept that and may realize that and have these you know uh, realizations it's the kids who are younger who probably don't realize this and i feel like it's important for that message to also go out there that while there are people who are being real on social media not everything you see is real so if you're working you know 16 hours a day and the other person is on a vacation doesn't necessarily mean that that person doesn't work 16 hours a day as well you know it's your moment current moment versus their current moment uh and yes. in terms of uh, usf so i've i mean when i was a child so us usf is a foundation that i joined last year and it was on a recommendation of a friend um mm-hmm. who's been part of the organization you know since a few years now and um younger in school and in college i was always part of various organizations and ngos to do with educating the underprivileged children and then somewhere you know studying ca and with your job you just tend to lose track of something that was probably important to you earlier and i was just last year questioning myself in terms of what do i really want to do you know like is there any impact that i want to make in the world or am i just happy going about my 9 to 5 job you know meeting my friends on weekends and doing whatever physical activity or is there something more that i want to give back and that's when my friend was like hey you know you were interested in this and this is a great foundation because what usf really does is you know encourage the underprivileged girls to study either with financial aid which they provide there's this mentorship program which they have where every mentor gets a shalini which is their name or the an shalini foundation and shalini is a young girl and okay. we really nurture that girl in terms of helping her study and these are all girls who are in the 11th and 12th grade and in their first you know 3 years of college just to make sure that they are going down the right path and not everything is you know being a housewife and being in the kitchen and giving them exactly. the opportunities which 
because of the lack of money they otherwise don't have and um it's really inspiring because there's a whole network of these young girls and there's a whole network mm-hmm. of us who are the mentors and it's great that you know that there are other women out there who want to support and promote women and with these girls too there's so much that they learn just in terms of not just in terms of you know the professional education that they're doing but also in terms of other aspects of life how it's okay to behave in a certain way as a woman you don't always have to restrict your thoughts Perfect. or expressions um and the girls are doing really well there have been great success stories a few of the girls have actually even got a scholarship to the university of cambridge and they're doing their phd in some crazy science topic which i didn't even know existed um so all of this you know really makes you feel or make made me feel at least that if there is something that i can do to give back and i want to do it you know i don't want my life to just be about going into work spending time with my friends and family and that's the other thing you know when i spoke about i spoke about this to my parents that i'm going to join this foundation and you know when you're mentoring someone you have to give out take out time to you know spend with that person and uh my job entails long hours it's not that i just work 9 to 5 sometimes we work 12 hours a day and you know sometimes you're working on weekends as well and my parents were like but why you know why do you want to do this you anyway don't have any time you know you're just either working and when you're not working you're going out with your friends or whatever it is and you know now you need to get married and you need to focus on all these other things and why do you want to give time to this you know do it later maybe you know yes. do it after you get married do it whenever why do you want to do it now and i was like i was shocked okay it was not the reaction i was expecting <laughs> my dad is sitting here yeah. right now and i'm sure he remembers this and by the way you want to say and regards to him karen <laughs> we can hear him and yeah. um, and i was like i was actually shocked and i was like wow i never thought my parents would have this reaction you know i thought they'd be like oh wow this is amazing and you should do it and you know uplift other women and help those where you can and this wasn't the reaction i was expecting and for a moment i was also a bit discouraged as to oh am i taking on too much and can i handle everything and i was like you know what i have decided i want to do it and it's now up to me to make it work and make it work in a way that i don't give them the reason to be like hey we told you you can't manage it you know um and that's the other thing when you talk about uh women empowerment and you know women opportunities to women you just got to do it you know like nobody's going to come and give it to you and even in terms of fighting for women's rights and equality and all of that i mean that should no longer be uh the phrase that we use we if you want to do something do it now don't wait for the right moment because there's never going to be a right moment you know yes yes but and also i think feminism is such a misunderstood word now i think yeah. this has become a very negative thing it's just about and we're not saying give us extra or less we're saying do it equal right and i think it's better to just not just be you know having the being the flag bearer of it and you know having the slogan oh give me all my rights but rather taking action and doing exactly. something yeah. you can do all of this while being silent while keeping quiet right yeah. 
And um, uh, I think what you mentioned is also very true. We all have this word. I think this word was pretty millennial word, FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. This was not even a word a few years ago. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as Shahab mentioned, the reason why we don't open up about our mental health is because we have the fear of missing out, which is quite understandable because uh, we are a social animal and we want to be accepted by the society. We want to be heard. We want to be loved and we want the attention from people. Yeah. And we only showcase the good side of our life, never the bad side. And um, I think uh, this session is going to be so amazing for everyone, whether it's women, whether it's men, the parents who want to, you know, understand mental health of children. Um, I don't know if people know this. I myself have been depressed and uh, not clinically depressed, but I have been very depressed because the community where I come from, Jahat, uh, Tibetan community, uh, has a lot of stereotypes. And everywhere you go, every culture has stereotypes, right? So um, in our culture, women are supposed to be skinny. That is the normal norm, you know, the sort of stereotype that's attributed to women. And you have to be the fair complexion and you have to got, you got the clear skin and all of that. So I am not that. And I'm always, I've been I'm not that either. <laughs> yes. So uh, I love food and I, and I celebrate food. In fact, I was born to eat. Uh, I can shamelessly say that right now, but uh, I do exercise, but that's how my body structure is. Yeah. I am a big bone structure woman. And on top of that, I am not very religious when it comes to workouts. Uh, so um, I have for my whole life faced this body shaming issue, which now people are openly talking about. But now I have somewhere found that confidence of accepting myself, uh, being comfortable, breathing myself in the skin that I am. Uh, so this is to all of you uh, who's listening right now. Chad and I, we really send all the love, all the affection. If you're feeling terrible looking at yourself in the mirror, you need to change your self-talk because I think the biggest enemy that we have, the biggest exactly. willingness character is ourselves. Yeah. We are the one who are saying this to ourselves. I don't like my body, my face, I have acne. But tell me who has perpetually perfect body and skin on this earth? Nobody. Everybody has bad days, right? So um, now I, I'm also very inquisitive to know uh, what do you think of the stereotypes? Now, as I spoke about the body shaming, the skin, what are the things that you think are very important that needs to change about the stereotypes attributed to women? I think a lot of the stereotypes that are there, or most of it really, is all to do with, like you said, our culture and our society. And um, the first thing we need to do is change the way we think about it. Um, and not really say that, okay, you know, I believe like having a healthy body is fine. You should... Wait, there's one thing to say it and there's one thing to actually believe it. Do it. Yeah. And when, like you spoke about, you know, the amount you exercise and the way you look and, you know, we're not really skinny people. I have never been someone who's been skinny. And all my life, my mother has probably been about how, you know, you need to exercise. You need to look a certain way. You won't get a boy if you don't, you know, you're not oh thin enough. Nobody's going to marry you. I Everybody wants a girl who looks a certain way, who can cook and be an all-rounder, you know? Okay, great. You work, great. But be an all-rounder. Why can't you cook as well? Why can't you this? Why can't you do that? I mean, the list is never ending. You do one thing and then a dozen others pop up. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah, so, 
So the stereotypes are unlimited. I mean, in any conversation you have, if you think back about that conversation, you're going to be like, you know, what is this? Like, if I was a guy, nobody'd ever be telling me this. Are you telling your son that he's fat? He should lose weight. He won't get a wife if he's not thin. Are you telling your son, no, you don't only have to work. You should also learn how to cook. No. But when that same son goes abroad and gets married in another country. you know whether it's to an indian or not irrelevant but over there yes he will work and he will help in the kitchen and he will do everything else but in india he will not so is your type Jaha, i'm limited. sorry to uh, i'm sorry to interrupt your meaningful conversation i can see there's some sort of of course not a serious one but there's some sort of cold war going on between bhavin and ayush but anyways uh fantastic so uh you were talking about uh your mom telling you that you won't find a guy you know what this is a typical dialogue yeah. of all indian moms that you hear ever yeah. ever like all asian moms as if the goal of her life is to only get married yeah you know this is not our samadhi this is not our enlightenment marriage is not enlightenment it is important we can't deny that fact but it is not everything like as if the reason why we're studying the reason why we grow up is only for marriage no it's not marriage is not the ultimate goal of life there are yeah. other things to want as yeah. chahat said please continue chahat yeah so that's one of the arguments i keep having with my mom and we've come to sort of a middle ground in terms of a marriage is not the sole goal of a woman's life but it is a bridge that you want to cross and i can respect that i can respect that okay you know there are phases in your life and it's not that i don't want to get married i do want to get married and i do want a companion um, a life partner so that's fine so i'm at peace and content with the fact that we've agreed that you know there are just phases in everybody's life and it's not the end goal i mean i didn't study my ass off like you said just to then get married and you know cook and not work um so there are a whole bunch of stereotypes and back to your question in terms of what we can actually do about it i feel as a woman myself i need to know what i believe in and it's not all just good in saying that i believe this i should act it as well and the second thing in terms of stereotypes also do come from our families right like we're talking about our moms saying what were they saying and it's always important to realize that our parents lived in a very different environment and generation you know and they're conditioned in a certain way you can't really blame them for thinking the way they're sure. thinking it is going to take them time to catch up with the way the current generation works and you know it's also important and this is something i keep telling myself as well as to not get bogged down uh, with these kind of conversations you have with your family and at the end of the day my parents have always been really supportive of you know the work i do they've you know never really pulled me down or being like hey you can't work so many hours though that does come in you know here and there that why are you working such late hours which they probably wouldn't tell their son but they've always been supportive of that and that is something which i know and because i've seen this amongst others as well it's so important to have that ecosystem that supports you you know as a woman uh whether it's your friends or your family or your husband or whoever it is you need that kind of support if you don't get that support then you have to make peace with the fact that you don't have that support and that you're going to continue without it you know so support mm-hmm. i feel of your inner circle your ecosystem is extremely important especially to grow professionally uh personally you may be doing what you're doing and you know you will you will have the support of your parents either way 
but professionally to advance i feel you do need the support of your ecosystem especially if you know you're someone as a woman who wants to have a child and you have aspirational aspirations in terms of where you see yourself at that particular age you will need that help and support and at the same time i feel as women you know we need to support other women you know and not pull them down which i feel is still mm-hmm. somewhere lacking in this day and yes. age we're always looking like hey i'm looking at you right now look yeah, at your hair look at your skin it's so amazing look at my hair it's so horrible you look so healthy always comparing yourself to the other person and somewhere subconsciously not wishing the best for that woman but as mm-hmm. women we all have our battles yes. you know and we need to like pull each other up we need to support each other you need to have those kind of women and friends in your lives and not see any other woman as competition for you but push them to do better and i think now in this age that's when you realize who your true friends and you know family are the ones who support you to do better to grow better and not really pull you down i mean in this day and age everybody's talking about positivity and staying away from negative influence whether that's negative people or negative situations and i feel as women there's so much more we can do in terms of supporting other women and we're just not doing enough you know mm-hmm. i think we're very catty about each other uh in one of my talks i remember with hub bengaluru uh i spoke about how women look at each other when there's an interval i i think most of the women can relate i think chat you you're also going to relate to this remember when we have intervals between movies and we have to stand on a long long queue and there there's yeah. queue women yeah. the way they look at each other is basically they're going to they want to rip you off their skin basically so they're like oh my god look at that and the the way they look at it's like a typical indian uh, you know mother-in-law sister-in-law the, the, that kind of serial uh, you know so uh, what do you think about that because the way they look at each other is so catty right it needs to change yeah. you're always eyeing the other person up to down what is she wearing <laughs> what bag is she carrying has she done her makeup well why is her hair so frizzy yeah. how has she covered her acne how has she covered her dark circles So, I mean that's what the change starts from within you. you know yeah. they say be the change you want the world to be and you need to change i mean the moment i stop looking at the other girl if i'm looking at her and admiring what she's wearing then go up to her and pass on that compliment you know yeah make her day like rather than you know thinking in my mind oh even i want that bag or even i need to lose these 2 kilos so i can wear the dress she's wearing i mean yes Now I think we all believe that uh, the glass ceiling exists uh whether it's uh, personally or professionally so what do you think um what is your perspective and dimension of understanding uh the glass ceiling that we have as women and how can we shatter that glass ceiling I feel when it comes to the glass ceiling it's not just in terms of you know career advancement uh, because yeah professionally everybody understands that but i feel personally also in terms of you know you can't wear a particular kind of outfit you need to speak in a particular way being a woman all of these are also um, in the intangibles which nobody can really see especially like as a woman there's a way you're supposed to speak to your elders you know but as a man nobody ever tells him that that you know you can't speak like this in front of your father or you can't wear shorts in front of your father but as the guys your son is okay wearing shorts in front of his father so not just professionally i feel like the personal 
um, glass ceilings are way more. It's just that it's, yeah, they're deeper. That's right. It's just you know something that's like kind of pushed under the rug, or maybe that's something we tend to accept and move on with life uh, because we mm-hmm. feel that you know why get into an argument on that where that's something that you can live with. You know, if you're okay with it, like fine. If I don't wear shorts at home, like what's the big deal? It's not an important battle to fight. Um, so they're there, you know, both ways. Professionally, also, I mean, it's 2020, and if you still read all the research articles that are there out there, they all talk about how, as you go up the ladder, the number of women who are at, you know, leadership roles are very less. Um, and I feel like as organizations and the part one that I'm a part of as well, they're all taking. as many steps as they can in terms of you know diversity and inclusion um whether it's in terms of the leave policies or the trainings that they offer specifically to women pwc in fact has this mentorship program which is great you know you as a women manager you can choose a leader to be your mentor be it male or female so organizations are taking these initiatives and steps and i do know for a fact that even in terms of interviewing for leadership roles um organizations now do have a threshold that out of say 20 leaders a particular percent needs to be women um mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it's all about us in terms of the opportunities that we want to seize uh there's always still going to be that level of you know uh restrictions in terms of say if you just had a child and you're looking for a job they most likely will hire a man because he doesn't have a child to take care of in that sense you know than being a mother who's just given birth so there there are going to be these hardships and as you and me as individuals there are some things that we can do but there are things that you know you have to leave to companies also to see and change their attitude i would say as women you know just know what you want and go for it it's great if you have the support of your ecosystem that's only going to push you further but you should stick by what you want not lose courage not procrastinate you know if like you want to say start a blog or a page just go with it you know things don't happen overnight most of the good things take time and you just have to get at it and not you know the other thing in terms of i feel like as women we tend to feel like oh if one thing didn't work out you know you feel disheartened and then you don't want to put in that effort for another thing because you feel like hey you know maybe this isn't my cup of tea or i should just stick with doing what we women do best which i feel kind of sad about that i mean you know because maybe women don't see themselves as needing to work and being the bread owner of a family so if yes. one career option sort of doesn't work out or some path doesn't work out you don't want to go further with the next sort of you know a uh, mm-hmm. project so i feel like these small i wouldn't say small failures because to each the failure may be different but we shouldn't let that you know bring us down and we should still carry on in terms of what it is that we want um so yeah in terms of building a community and just going with it and not you know holding back if you know what you want you should go for it nobody's going to come and give it to us on a silver platter these are these are really powerful words i think uh, it makes uh, my day I, i think it makes um the day of everybody who is actually viewing this right now 
Um, this is fantastic. Now, because um, you just mentioned about how women, uh, they think that when something doesn't work out, the only option is next, okay, be at home. Don't try. Yeah. So I, it also, I think, is, is what is fed to us, the fodder that is fed to us to our, into our brain. Uh, you know, it gets to our subconscious mind. Uh, you yeah. know, you're good at this. Okay, this is your role. Then you're this. So you're confined to that. So when you say this to yourself over and over again, you become that person, right? Uh, interesting. Now, what do you think about uh, when we talk about mental health, coming back to it? Um, apart from having a stormy adolescence, maybe I've had a bad childhood and I've been affected and now it's a part of my subconscious and now I'm depressed. And there are also other set of people who don't even know why they're depressed. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been depressed? Um, close to clinical, or maybe even clinically depressed. Have you ever been No, I haven't. I've always been someone who's very vocal about the way I feel about anything. And it may not, I may not necessarily talk to my family about it, but I do talk about the way I'm feeling either to my mm -hmm. brother or to my friends. Uh, so I've never been in that situation where I, you know, say bottle up my feelings or my thoughts. Uh, but again, I feel like that's just how I am as a person. And I know it's not easy to always speak your mind because people do tend to judge you a lot. I know I get a lot of flack from people in terms of don't be so vocal and so opinionated. And, you know, sometimes you're saying really something for the benefit of the other person, but they take it the wrong way. Um, yes. Which happens all the time, you know. And I always maintain that if I'm saying something about a person behind their back, I will only say it if I have the courage to say that to their face as well. So if I said something about you <laughs> and you think nice. I'm like you know, backbiting, I'm really not because I would tell you this to your face as well. So no, I haven't been um, depressed and uh, I wouldn't know how that really feels. Um, I do have some friends who've sort of gone through it and I know they've been lucky enough to have the courage to talk to people about it, which I think is very brave. Uh, because that's all we can offer as a friend is support, you know, and maybe a shoulder or a ear to hear what they want to say. But it is so important and so many things that have happened in the past few months just, you know, sort of should encourage everybody even more to know that it's okay to be depressed. I mean, like literally every second famous person that you know or read about has been depressed in their life. So... It is very common and we need yes. to have that strength to talk about it to whoever we want. I mean, that's for the person to decide. So, yes. Yeah. Okay, that was amazing. Now, um, as I said, I myself, I have been depressed, but not clinically. Um, to everyone who is, has been depressed and is currently battling that, combating the same problem that I have combated, I uh, give my shout out to all of you to really uh, take a step forward and change your life because only you can do that. Uh, now, we talk about mental health, uh, you know, shattering the glass ceiling, stereotypes. Uh, every time we talk about it, every, every person has their own syntax, their own understanding about it. So you really put forward your own vision, your own ideas about all of these topics. And I think you put it in a really simplified way where people can really assimilate and understand and relate and resonate. And I particularly love this session with you. Now, one last question. This is a question I ask all my guests. 
what are your principles of success? Because uh, success can connote different meaning for different people, right? Uh, for a few, it could be materialistic triumph or abundance. For a few, it could be maybe having a more healthy relationship. Or for a few, it could be finally finding your own identity. What is success to you? What are your principles of success? I don't have principles. <laughs> I mean, this is a very okay. heavy question. Um, and I'm always, not, I'm not that, okay, it's not a fair statement to make to say I'm always thinking about these things. But um, mm -hmm. I have cleaned up my Instagram page a fair bit, you know, to like follow more of the people who post about positivity and, you know, what you should, you know, asking yourself the right questions and, you know, basically promoting physical, mental and health um, well-being over the whole bunch of influencers that we do have. And that has forced me, at least when I'm reading that particular post, to rethink or to ask myself that question. And mm -hmm. I feel like what I've realized about myself as a person and even in terms of success is if I'm happy, and again, happiness has its own variations in terms of the degree of happiness and satisfaction uh, that there is. But um, professionally, if I am where I want to be right now, I think that's success for me. Personally, okay. if I am in a healthy relationship with my family, with my partner, that's success for me. You know, I feel like it's the smaller things and we always tend to overlook it because of the conditioning that we've had since we're children and because of how right. the world operates. And you spoke about gratitude early on when we started chatting. And that is so important, you know. It's the small things, like something in the lockdown today, someone having staff to help them, you know, with their household activities, that's actually success for them. Because everybody is struggling with the mundane chores, you know. Mm -hmm. being able right. to cook the meals that we want to at home you know without any issue being able to eat outside food at home is also success it's it is success of how you know your past has built up till today i am someone who believes in karma so i do believe a lot of things are attributed to that um but i feel like it's the small things you know if you've had a fight with someone and then you've made up with that person and your relationship is good again i feel that is you know if you feel that there is something that would not ever happen to you like take this Instagram live this is a success in my books I've never done an Instagram live I have never chatted uh, so this is your first IG yeah this is my live. first oh yeah. I take immense delight in you being the first one with me yeah I think so that's a good this opinion. is a success for me you know because I've never done this before I don't know if I wanted to do it or if I had aspirations but when you reached out I was like hey you know of course and this is success for me because I've done something that I've never done before. Um, I took my first training two weeks back in PwC where I trained about a 150 people. And that is something I did for the first time. And that was success for me, you know, because I was very excited to do it. And I wasn't sure how it's going to turn out. And I was nervous as well, even though I was excited. And there were so many things holding me back. But I was like, you know, hey, why not? Like, what have I got to lose? I'll just look like an idiot when I speak, but that's it, you know? So I feel like right. success for me is in anything that I do and, you know, how I look at it, I try to be somebody who's more glass half full rather than half empty. Um, so maybe my version of success doesn't resonate with the larger 
population that no. we have. But yeah, so I, I, I don't basically... think in terms of my bank balance and, you know, the size of my house or those materialistic things. I think in terms of if what I'm doing, I'm happy with it. And when I say happy, I don't mean that I have to be, you know, overjoyed and, you know, like jumping and, you know, celebrating. But if I'm good with it, I think that's a success, you know, something as small as, and I keep telling my team this as well in terms of when we have difficult conversations with our boss and if that conversation we thought would go badly goes, went well, that's a success for me as well. So it's the little things for me and not just the larger picture. Perfect. So I think in totality, if we all would be sum it up for now, I think uh, we we can understand that Chahat clearly loves doing everything 100%. So you do it with 100% dedication or don't do it. Don't touch it. You dare do so. Thank you so much, Chahat, for being on the Tenzin Show. It Thank was you for having delight me. having you. This rendezvous has been immensely delightful. Uh, it was jubilant for me. I'm very happy to have you. Uh, thank you so much for all the love, for all the information, for all the insights that you've given us. Uh, I hope to hear from you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you, Tenzin. Take care. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. See all of you. Bye. Bye.